Hello everyone, my name is Caleb Walgren, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 100 of Brody Sports Talk. We keep it 100 all the time here at Brody Sports Talk, and we are going to do a fantastic job today as we are doing a Week 13 NFL Power Rankings. Of course, you've only heard me, and I keep saying we. I am joined by the Deviled Egg Duo... No, that doesn't work. Devil Dig Dude himself, Derek Rusnick. Uh, I saw you get a lot of votes just because of the deviled eggs on the, the Thanksgiving draft. I am surprised that the, the pumpkin pie and pecan pie did not go further, but I will take my uh, my sneaky draft and take the deviled eggs as well. I, I am glad to see 100. I saw a lot of 100s in elementary school, uh, mostly for finger painting. After that, it kind of went downhill from there. But uh, my teachers were really mean, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like seeing 100s on my papers. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, So speaking of, we're going to... When we do power rankings, it is myself, Derek, our currently exiled co-host, Sean, and my brother, Luke. And we get together. We rank all the teams 1 through 32, and put them together and split them up into eight tiers. Now, the Power Rings this week, we are falling into December as we release this on December the 1st. And we're going to be tracking teams that have been falling in the standings. So, uh, you know, if you need to for a little background music, just put Alicia Keys Fallen on repeat. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, enjoy the episode here. Uh, but... Like I said, we split it into four tiers, eight teams per tier. Uh, we have the playoff tier, the aspiring tier, the wavering tier, and the basement tier. So we're going to start with the playoff tier. Of course, this is the best teams in the NFL. These are the teams that, at this point, we would probably consider virtual locks for the playoffs. And it's really tough to say that this year. Uh, there have been uh, a lot more Davids and a lot less Goliaths as far as the standings are concerned this season. But... I digress. Let's go ahead and jump into the teams. Coming off the bye, we have at number one, the 9-2 and two Arizona Cardinals. Uh, hoping to keep Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, at number two, <laughs> we have the Cheeseheads, the Green Bay Packers, coming in. At number three, the first representative from the AFC on our list. They tried to take the top spot in the AFC, but to no avail. The New England Patriots. Nothing is stopping them right now. At number four, we have, uh, you know, their player went here, uh, the the Tampa Brady Buccaneers. At number five, we have the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I've never thrown four interceptions in a game, but, you know, they're still here at number five. Uh, At number six, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. At number seven, the team that is fallen in this tier, and we will get back to them more in a second, the Tennessee Titans. And at number eight, another team you could probably say is fallen because they are uh, the Dallas Cowboys. But we, we're not going to feature them this week. Uh, we're we're going to dive in a little bit more on Tennessee. So well, we will feature uh, the, the Cowboys, just not in this particular episode. It'll be a Thursday night. That's uh, true. Episode. We'll talk about them more on uh, the Thursday night preview. Weird back-to-back Thursday games for them and the Saints. Uh, so 
the Titans, of course, have lost two games in a row and are combined minus nine in the turnover margin in those two games. Derek, is, is minus nine a, a good turnover margin or a bad turnover margin? Um, I think it's not great. Okay. So, and uh, I did say that it even includes the fact that the Titans recovered two additional fumbles that hit the turf when they were playing the Patriots. And they've only scored 13 points per game in their last two games, and anything can happen. I mean, let's face it. Yes, one of those games was against the Patriots, who we have at number three. The other one was at home against the Texans, who are not at number three. We will figure out where they're at in a few moments. So they end the season. They're going into their bye. Then they host the Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers, host the 49ers and Dolphins, which are both on the upswing lately, and then close at those pesky Texans. Derek, what is the record in those five games? And uh, just let's, let's be as precise as possible. Uh, which ones do they win? Which ones do they lose? Yeah, so I see wins with the Jaguars, uh, the Steelers, the Texans. So I'm looking at 11 and 6. Uh, I see they get to 12 and 5. If the 49ers or the Dolphins fall apart toward the end of the season, um, which would be what game 15 and 16 or week 15 and 16 of the uh, of the NFL uh, 17 game season. So they have a two-game lead over the Colts. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't know how far they would go in the playoffs. And this is a complete uh, 180 from where I was talking about them three weeks ago. Uh, I thought they were the best team in the in the league, and they were just going to uh, to stay there. So, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm showing 11 and six, 12 and five. What about you, Caleb? So. I think we all know that I've been a little bit harsh on the Titans and I can't say that I've not enjoyed seeing them lose the last couple of weeks because when they won their first two without Derrick Henry, I was like, Oh man, my take that if they lose Derrick Henry, things are going to go downhill in a hurry. Hasn't really happened. Well, it didn't go downhill in a hurry, but it went downhill. So they're, they're struggling. They are struggling. So as you mentioned, they are currently, I want to say at eight and four because they're going into the bye, uh, and they got passed by New England. They are eight and four. Yes, you are correct. Eight and four. I think that they're only going to win one of those games. Really? I think that they are going to finish at nine and seven and be hopeful for wild card. Now, wow, the. Only two that I feel like I can say for certain they will lose are hosting the 49ers and the Dolphins. And I know they're at home. Yeah. But they did just have the Texans at home. And let's face it, you shouldn't lose by nine points to the Texans at home. They already lost to the Texans once. I don't know how they're going to fare against them at the end of the season, especially if the Texans realize that they're all playing for their jobs, possibly playing for their coaching staff. I think the one they win is one of those first two after the bye hosting Jacksonville and at Pittsburgh. I'm curious because I do feel like with this late buy, they should be able to bounce back at home and take care of Jacksonville. But I also know Jacksonville has been somewhat pesky. You know, when they've won games, it's 
you know, even against the Colts, they've hung in there. I feel like they know their divisional opponents fairly well, and they stick around. I think the win, the game they win is actually at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is really, we, we are not featuring them this week, but they are looking really bad after some of the injuries they've had, some of the issues they've had in the locker room with COVID. TJ Watt is going to miss this coming week is most likely, and they've already had weeks without Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, especially for a defense. I think if you are getting games lost due to COVID, sometimes it's that one part of the defense that makes the whole defense not hum. Sometimes on offense, you can have a different receiver try to run the same routes. As long as you can utilize the other 10 players, you can make something happen. But on defense, it it really hurts. And I just think that Pittsburgh, they're, they're not looking great to close this season. I'll say that for sure. Uh, especially after that 41 to 10 drubbing they got from Cincinnati this past weekend. Uh, Derek, are you surprised for me to go so harsh to say one and four and to finish at nine and seven? Yeah. I mean, they have, they have winnable games. Um, you know, the, the Texans didn't, uh, or nine and eight, sorry, 17 games. Yeah. So they're not, the Texans aren't spectacular. The Jags are the Jags and the Pittsburgh Steelers look, bad so um i i am surprised but you know um you are very precise and uh, you could be caleb stradamus who knows i certainly was not on that before the season when i had them finishing significantly worse than they can already not finish <laughs> let's go ahead and move to the aspiring tier so these teams are not playoff tier teams these are teams that are definitely in the playoff hunt and if things break the right way they expect to be in at number nine. Uh, those Cincinnati Bengals, like I mentioned, they put that pounding on the Steelers this past week. They got the sweep, uh, did the double over the Steelers as they've won both of those matchups. At number 10, the Buffalo Bills looking a lot better after that game in New Orleans. At number 11, the Los Angeles Rams. We'll come back to the Rams. At number 12, a team that's definitely on the rise, the San Francisco 49ers. And number 13, the another team that was happy on Thanksgiving, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, except for you know the, whoever got punched by the Cowboys D lineman that's now getting a two game suspension. At number fourteen, the Indianapolis Colts. At number fifteen, another great week for the Denver Broncos. And at number sixteen, the uh, we were four and one at one point, Los Angeles Chargers. Man, they I could have could have put the Chargers in here. Could have been. Could have done a 2-4 a, a for L.A., but I'm going to stick with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so the Rams have had a, a very streaky season. You know, they started off 7-1, and one, and they've now dropped three games in a row. At home to the Titans, and then two on the road at the 49ers and at the Packers. And so where I wanted to go with this one, Derek... It may sound similar because I feel like when I'm thinking of the Rams, the team that they remind me a little bit of is the Bucks. They uh, are a little bit of a stars and scrub situation. And I do think that I'm curious, do you think Sean McVay is too addicted to his potential MVP candidate and Matthew Stafford, that he just isn't staying balanced. And so he's not running enough. Over those three losses, I did note that they had 51 carries for 214 yards, which is 4.2 yards a carry. It's not like they're not moving it on the ground. Uh, but teams are just able to tee off against Stafford because 
they know he's going to be back there passing. They know that that's what McVeigh primarily wants to do. And that's just not a good recipe whenever it's too lopsided one way. Uh, do you think that that's the problem there, Derek? Or, or what do you see with the Rams? Yeah, so as our listeners know, I was super duper happy to draft Sony Michelle uh, toward the end of my draft when uh, Sony got moved from the Patriots to the the Rams. Knowing the Rams um, are trying to go as balanced as they can, um, you know, new quarterback, that there was going to be plenty of love to go around. So Henderson, of course, was going to be the main back. But Michelle was going to get, um, you know, get some love and at least pick up some yards where he would be a serviceable back. Turns out, McVeigh, sorry, McVeigh just wants to throw the ball and rely on a quarterback. I don't know if it is because hey, I have a new shiny toy and I have to make um, make this trade. That is, I mean, they've traded all of their future away. They've gone all in for this year. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's, I have to make, I have to show everyone that this is the reason why I did the thing, but he has gotten far too reliant on throwing the ball. Um, Robert Woods is out now and, you know, the same day that Robert Woods gets hurt, they're bringing OBJ. Everyone knows my thoughts on OBJ, uh, and coming to a team, I don't think he's a good locker room presence and I don't think he... Uh, he works hard. He's a good receiver. He's he's a good athlete, but I'm not sure that he's part of a team. I think he's out for himself. But once again, everyone knows uh, my deeper thoughts on other episodes. I don't know if Matthew Stafford is a significant jump from Jared Goff in that offense. Uh, I think Jared. I mean, we we see what Jared Goff is doing or did in uh, in Detroit, and you can see that that offense is just not good up in Detroit. I think that you, a little bit of the, they want to be the Chiefs. They saw what Patrick Mahomes was doing, and he can throw it all over the field, and he can run the ball by throwing short passes to, to Kelsey. But the, the Rams are not built that way. They are a single, single line. They're not... Uh, they don't use a. Uh, they don't have the same superstar tight end that uh, that the Chiefs have, and I'm not. I'm not sure that the what the Rams are going to do the rest of the, of the year. I'm hoping that they figure it out and they come back to perform because I like watching the Rams. But but for me, if slash win the Rams make the playoffs, I want to see what Stafford can do in the postseason. I like, I like where you're coming from. And I do think that, uh, you know, we heard a lot in the off season about how McVeigh and Stafford really bonded, how they kind of had this instant chemistry and connection and it was way too overly sappy and crazy like that. So I did tell you about how many times they've run, which is 51 carries over those three games, which is about 17 carries a game. To give you the breakdown of how many times Stafford has passed. Against the Titans, he passed 48 times. Against the 49ers, he passed 41 times. And against the Packers, he passed 38 times. So roughly, they're running about 28.5% of the time. 
Yeah. You can't do that. I know that they're not having the best game script in those games as well. You know, the Titans had that pick six. They, you know, also had another pick that gave them a really short field. And they were all of a sudden up 14 to nothing. The 49ers were up. But at some point, you have to say, these are our principles, and this is what we're going to do. I do think that the loss of Robert Woods hurt as well. I think Woods... Uh, we, we all know that I've been a Bobby Trees stan all year. Bobby and, Trees! Uh, you know, especially without him, Odell is not healthy enough. Van Jefferson is not explosive enough. And teams can double-team Cooper Cup. Uh, Tyler Higby is not even in the same universe as Travis Kelsey. So I, <laughs> I just have to bring it up. And I think that in general, McVay got the Wonderkind title too fast, too soon. I think that he had a solid staff around him. Obviously, he doesn't have Brandon Staley there as he's now the Chargers head coach. Uh, I think that that marriage of offense and defense is sorely missed this year as you know they've been giving up a lot of points in those losses. You get behind... I think that McVay is starting to panic. He's doing too much as the offensive play caller and not enough as a true head coach. So I do think that he is too addicted to Matthew Stafford as well. Uh, any other Rams-centric thoughts before we go to the wavering tier? I love a good running game, and so I would love to see the Rams get back to that offensive firepower. I mean, if you're going to use, if you're going to have OBJ in the building, you're going to have to use him properly um, to to score yards and to score touchdowns and gain yards. And you know, my hope is that Sean finds uh, something, you know, f- find some kind of balance, and uh, let's move on. All right, as we go into the wavering tier, a lot of these teams still have playoff hope. Uh, they, it, the things are not written off as we probably get into what I would call a very NFC centric wavering tier. As those are the, you can have a losing record and still have a shot at the playoffs. Welcome to the NFC. Uh, but before we get to them, we do have a couple of AFC teams w- still dominating the wavering tier over them. So at number 17, we have the Miami Dolphins, who have been on a hot stretch lately. The At number 18, uh, Baker Mayfield's torn labrums and the Cleveland Browns. At number 19, uh, I hope that Dalvin Cook gets better soon because I like seeing him healthy, but the Minnesota Vikings. At number 20, I don't know how they got out of the basement, but they're here. I, I guess started from the bottom, but they're here is really true uh, for kind of last season and this season for the Washington football team. And number 21, the Jalen Rager drop passes and the Philadelphia Eagles. Ugh. At number 22, the Atlanta Falcons. At number 23, the New Orleans Saints. And then at 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, and so that, the Steelers round out the wavering tier, but I want to go back. Like I said, this is a series of teams that are fallen, and I don't know that anyone in this tier is falling harder right now than the New Orleans Saints. 
So we're going back to them up at 23. And uh, the Saints lost Cincinnati on Halloween. Trevor King came in and they were able to beat the Bucks in that first game that Simi played in, but now have gone 0 4 in games without him, without Jameis Winston. That is. Uh, and they're probably thrilled that November is over. It was not fun for them. And I will say that the defense has gone from allowing 18.3 points per game over their first seven games to over 30 points per game during their four game losing streak. So, Derek, with the Saints, which side of the ball is more to blame? And can the Saints fix things in order to make the playoffs this season? I have four words for you Time for Ian Book. No. no. <laughs> so for me, and this is, uh, I, I, I have not been a, a Saints fan, but I have been a Saints admirer for a good portion of my life. My best friend growing up was a Saints fan, and I, uh, I, I made it through the Aints, um, and now that uh, the, the, the Saints are a good team and they have high expectations, um, I expect them to do well as, uh, as well. So the remaining schedule is the Cowboys, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Falcons? Um, I, I think they can they can clean up some things. I think it needs to be offense. I think you have to go back to what you know, and Sean Payton is going to focus on the offense. What I'm worried about is the whole debacle of who's the backup quarterback in New Orleans behind Jameis Winston. Uh, Taysom Hill is going to make bank throughout the rest of his NFL career, and he's not going to produce on the on the field. I don't think he's ever going to be a starting quarterback. Like, you know, I like Taysom Hill. I like his game. I like what he does. But that's not the style that you can play in today's NFL. So, like I said, you need to go. I mean, I, I saw what Trevor Simeon can do as a Broncos fan. I, I have a lot of of connections to this particular team. Um, Super Bowl champion, Trevor Simeon, by the way, he's got a ring with the Broncos as the backup quarterback. Um, but you, I think you have to rely on what you know. And I think Sean might just have to, okay, we're going to go out score and we're going to score 50 points and they're going to score 49 points and we're going to win that way. Um, I've seen what Sean Payton can do with a backup quarterback. Teddy Two Gloves, was five and zero during uh, during a stretch. So, if you can make Bridgewater look good um, and make him worthy of uh, the starting quarterback job for the Broncos, clearly there's some. You know, Sean Payton can do something. The defense need to clean, needs to clean it up. I mean, you're giving up. Would you say thirty points a game? Over thirty. Um, the last over four. thirty. So. Yeah, the defense needs to step it up. I mean, you're not going to go against um, a lot of, uh, of low offense teams. The Bucks are not going anywhere. The Dolphins, uh, Tua actually looks like he's a, a, an NFL quarterback now. The Falcons are going to figure it out the last game of the season. Uh, Arthur, Arthur Smith isn't going to, uh, to just roll over because the Falcons aren't uh, the best in the South. So... And, you know, the Panthers might figure something out, even though they have no offensive weapons at all other than Chuba Hubbard. So 
I, I think you have to rely on on offense and go back to what you know and make your case as see Sean McVay from back in the day. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I'm going to side a little bit differently than you on this one, Barry, because I think that a lot of the issues, I mean, it's a team thing, so I think it goes both ways, but I think that the defense needs to get back on track. you got to have Cam Jordan do Cam Jordan things. Marshawn Lattimore needs to get back to being a shutdown corner. And I really think that one of the things that will make this twofold potentially go together is, you know, they are going to start Taysom Hill. You know, Kamara could come back at some point soon. Obviously, we know that they don't have Michael Thomas. Let's face it, it's a lot easier to good when you have Kamara, <laughs> oh, yeah. Murray, and Thomas. You know, they're out there trading for Mark Ingram. They're playing. Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway on the outside. Like, we're not talking about having a Hall of Fame quarterback that can get those guys open, or even a former first-round pick that can get those guys open. We're talking about undrafted free agents or seventh-round picks that are trying to go out there and take care of business. And at some point, Sean Payton may have done things in his career, but he hasn't had a win with quarterback that isn't good. Like, even Teddy Bridgewater is a first round. Yep. What he's trying to do with Simeon and like he, he's got to have the defense. Demario Davis has not had his best year. He's been on some plays where he just has looked sloppy. Uh, you know, people are making miss tackles. I think that if nothing else, the defense got older. And it doesn't look as good. And you can tell that this is the staff that lost coaches. Whether you're talking about Joe Lombardi going to the Chargers as their offensive coordinator, or you want to talk about the Lions coaching staff. I know the Lions are struggling, but they took coaches off defense with people. And some of them, I think, the coordinator was the second coach for the Saints as well. And the Saints put in Chris Richard, who uh, is not not looking good by the minute as he got fired from Dallas last year as their secondary coach and is not looking good as a secondary coach for, you know, the Saints. But, you know, that's enough about Pete Carroll and his former assistants. <laughs> uh, they, they, they aren't looking good either. Uh, we could talk about the Seahawks in the basement here, but we're not today. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel like the defense has to show up. Everyone, I think, has considered them to be an elite unit. But I think what is happening is we're seeing this is what happens when you keep the Saints defense on the field. This is what happens when the Saints defense has to play more than half the game because the offense can't do it. I mean, it's not like the Bills went out and I know they won 31-6, to but it wasn't a blowout at the half. Like, even the Titans lost. They were in that game to the end. Granted, Tennessee's also not been offensively lately. But I just think that if you can get this, especially if they go to this ball control, Taysom Hill, Zillow Reed offense against the Cowboys, it could work. 
and that will get the defense to the rest they need in order to try to shut down Dak Prescott, C.D. William, and those Cowboys. True. Stuff for our Thursday night preview uh, for today's episode. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up on our Power Rangers episode and go to the basement. In the basement here are the teams that you, you thought might have been good at one point in the season, or you might have thought that they weren't ever going to be good. Maybe you thought you got them at like a white elephant gift exchange. Uh, but they are definitely fallen. Uh, they're in the basement, and they, they may not be able to get up. They might need that life alert. So uh, let's let's uh, start off at number 25. We have the Carolina Panthers. At number 26, the New York Giants. 27, the Bears getting a win this past week. At number 28, the New York Jets. At number 29, uh, the lowest I've ever seen them in our power rankings, the Seattle Seahawks. Number 30, the Houston Texans. At number 31, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at number 32, the Detroit Lions. Now, if we're talking about teams that are falling and teams that are struggling, it has to be the second time that we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions this year. And probably the last time we talk about them in the power rankings because not a lot of good things to say about that team. Uh, as I put in... Uh, my notes, the good news, they can't go 0-17. The bad news, 0-16-1 feels like a distinct possibility. In the last three weeks, they couldn't find a way to win teams that were quarterbacked by Mason Rudolph, a really banged-up Baker Mayfield, and Andy Dalton. <laughs> that's That's saying something. That is saying something. So for the Lions, Derek, uh, what game do you give them the best odds to win? And do you think they win a game this season? So uh, let's talk the games together a little bit here. So we've got hosting Minnesota at Denver, hosting Cardinals at Atlanta, at Seattle, and then hosting the Packers. So just to, to be clear from the – from the gate, uh, they're not beating any of our playoff teams in the playoff tier. We're going to take the Cardinals and Packers off that list immediately, correct? Like, those are definitely not their best odds. So, yes and no. If everything falls the way that I'm expecting it to fall, then we're going to have a Peyton Manning Colt situation for the Pack that they have not just Jordan Love out there. They're going to have, uh, I think it's Blake Bortles, who's the third-string quarterback. No, for... Kurt, Kurt Kurt. Okay, I apologize. My my sincere apologies to uh, to Bortles um, to, to put him in, in the name of, of the Packers. Uh, they might have a they're, – they're going to win until they don't want to anymore. Um, and so that – that's that's not my pick, but I will say there is a a small percentage chance that that win comes uh, against the Packers. But for me, uh, I'm I'm going to take uh, either the I'm, I'm going to go against the the other teams, and I'm going to say either Atlanta or Seattle, uh, as I don't think that uh, they're going to beat the the Broncos. I mean, if we if we're 
we're going to give them the small percentage chance that they beat the, the Broncos the same way they'll get the, the small percentage chance versus the Packers, which I think the uh, the Packers game has a little bit more logic behind it because if they put in Jordan Love, they put in the backups, and they don't want to get anyone hurt, then um, you know that's not really playing the Packers as, as it is, but it still counts as a, as a win for the Lions. So... Um, let's 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 look at Atlanta or Seattle. Who between those two? Who do you think is the better chance? I'm going to say something that I don't think I would have ever said before the season started. I'm going to say at Seattle, um, Atlanta yeah. at least finds a way to score points and then struggles to hold on to the game, whereas Seattle just looks more and more inept as the season continues. Maybe they need to go back to Geno Smith. I think they rushed Russell Wilson back. He doesn't look like the same quarterback. They don't have a good offensive line. Alex Collins is not a good starting running back. Uh, we miss you, Chris Carson. Yeah. I hope that your neck injury gets better someday and that you're not out of football or anything like that. Um, and the defense isn't the same. Jamal Adams. I think he got his first career interception against the football team Monday <laughs> night, but that was because the ball got deflected up in the air and he was just the fortunate person who was close enough. They're regretting that. The Jets are supposed to have probably two top 10 picks because the Jets and Seahawks picks are both theirs. So I, I think at Seattle, I, I think the Lions win and Pete Carroll gets fired the next day. Really, that would be absolutely crazy. Um, so the Seahawks are only three positions higher than the O and uh, Lions. So I would not put it past Seattle. Um, I, I I will say I'll, I'll go back to Cable's point here in just a second. I don't think uh, Pete Carroll gets fired. I think a uh, he goes Urban Meyer way in an undetermined medical condition. Um, hashtag age. Um, so, you know, it's just not my game anymore. And he gets to retire and he gets to, to step away from football and, and you know, he names the success, his successor, all that kind of stuff. I don't think they fire Pete Carroll after everything he's done, uh, for the Seahawks, but yeah, he needs to step away from football. Oh, I do have to say this, Derek, uh, uh, you know, Bill Barnwell, the ESPN writer, uh, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Did you see his excellent tweet about uh, saying sometimes the, the perfect job comes open for a perfect candidate? And it had a picture of Jason Garrett. Uh, yeah. Talking about Notre Dame, Matty Irish. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 very very true. And I did. I think you retweeted that, and I think I saw that. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listeners, you know, at Brody talk, Caleb really does well on Twitter and, uh, retweet some funny stuff. So definitely check us out there. Uh, sorry, I had to get some claps in there. I'm just going to go, go ahead and clap for that uh, particular joke that you made. Um, if everyone knows why, um, that would be the clapper. Uh, let's finish. Uh, last question. Do you think they will win this season? I'm going to say the Lions, I think they've been one. Yeah. Okay, so we don't think they're going this time. No, I, I think they win one. I don't know where that game is. I mean, it has to be 
um, Seattle or the, or the Packers, but um, you know, I <laughs> I hope it's not the Broncos because we uh, we actually looked pretty good against the Chargers this last week, um, and we looked good against the Cowboys uh, a couple weeks ago. So you know, there's some life in those uh, those pony legs of ours. Uh, I'm hoping it's not. Uh, you know, any of those last, uh, the, the first three games, I mean, if they beat the Vikings, well, that doesn't affect me that much, but I'd love uh, that. I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be great. Cool. Let's, let's just, <laughs> let's call it that. Let's, then let's say that they beat the Vikings like handily, like nine to seven, just handily. Absolutely. That sounds like a very lions esque score. It really would be. It would be a huge win for the lions to hold two points. All right, well, that is it for our Week 13 NFL Power Rankings. Make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our fresh content. We've got a lot coming to you this week, of course. We've teased it several times. Cowboy Saints preview is coming tomorrow. Fantasy Friday is coming. You know Brody Jr. is going to come out on Monday morning with some of the best recaps from Sunday's action. Love Brody Jr. uh, It's always a a ton of fun here at Brody Sports Talk, so make sure you subscribe. Uh, give us those five-star reviews on Good Pods, Podchaser, and on Apple Apple Podcasts. I don't know why it escaped me for a second. I was thinking like iTunes. No, it's Apple Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, Podchaser. I, I got a. I received an email from them recently. They're actually from here in Oklahoma City as well. So really, uh, support support an Oklahoma brand. Go give us a five-star review on Podchaser. <laughs> And uh, tell them that we sent you because Podchaser is just a fun place. And uh, so that is it. So on behalf of Derek and myself, we're going to go ahead and sign out. And y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye, guys.